Well, most of us and you know, people in our culture have heard of Christmas and they've heard of Easter, uh, but a, a lot of folks outside of the church haven't heard of Pentecost, and many Christians are unfamiliar with Pentecost uh, Sunday. But basically, you know, Easter Sunday, 50 days after Easter Sunday, Pentecost commemorates when the Lord poured out His Holy Spirit on unbelievers, and you know, Pentecost Sunday isn't celebrated that much in, in our culture, and I, I think a little bit of that is bad PR, right? That, you know, Christmas, you have the wise men coming and giving gifts, and you have the, the Christmas lights and whatever, and, and so if we would just, you know, emphasize, I think, with, you know, Pentecost, like the flame aspect, right? The fire, because men, we love fire. We love burning things, right? We just, if, if there's a campfire, like, we just say, oh, I wonder if this will burn, and we throw it in there. It's just something that we take from as a child and even to adulthood. We love to barbecue, right? And so if we were just to emphasize that, I think uh, Pentecost would become uh, a, a little more well-known. <laughs> right? And so we've got our flames. We've got our, our flames around here, so we've we got to keep that up. But I also think, you know, on more serious note, if we just were to actually understand uh, what Pentecost means. I think then, as Christians, it would be right up there with Christmas. Uh, because on, on, yes, definitely, because on Christmas, God gave his son, and on Pentecost, God gave his spirit. And I don't think we understand that the spirit, the Holy Spirit is crucial for us to live our lives as Christians today. And in fact, we're going through this series, Encountering Jesus, and we're continuing that series. Like we didn't, we're still doing it. We're not going, looking in the Gospel of Luke at different encounters that people had with Jesus. Uh, rather, we're looking at Pentecost in Acts. We're also looking at John. But because we often say, "All right, we're looking at these people, these you know tax collectors and religious people and poor and rich, all these people, how they encounter Jesus," and then saying, "Let that inform how we encounter Jesus today." Well, we can't do that apart from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is how we encounter Christ, how we encounter Jesus today. And Jesus said as much in John chapter 14. Uh, verses 16 through 20, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He knows he's going to be crucified the next day, it's, and he's downloading a whole lot of information uh, to them on, all right, this is what it's going to look like as I depart. This is how you're going to continue to relate to me. And in John 14, verse 16, he says this, as he's explaining it to his disciples. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. So here we say, Jesus says, I'm not leaving you orphans. I am going to be in you. And then we see that. What does that mean? He's sending that other helper, that comforter, that Holy Spirit to be in us. right? Because he said that. I'm not leaving you orphans. I'm going to come to you in the person and work of the Holy Spirit so that we encounter the Father and the Son through the Spirit. 
And one of the reasons that Pentecost Sunday tends to be overlooked by Christians, I think, is that we misunderstand that Holy Spirit plays that crucial role in our lives to encounter Jesus and to extend his work. We don't do this on our own power, that an encounter with God is what we need in order to change us, to transform us, and to empower us to uh, extend his kingdom. And the Holy Spirit, he's not some mysterious force. The Holy Spirit is God. So when, when God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit, he's saying, I'm going to pour myself out. Right? Uh, that God is one in essence, but three persons, a, a community of oneness. So that when we say that on Pentecost, again, God pours out his spirit. He's pouring out himself. He's pouring out that encounter in his power. So let's look at the day of Pentecost as it happened in the scriptures. We're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 2. Now, uh, again, we're going in our Encountering Jesus series, we're going through the, the uh, gospel of Luke. Well, the book of Acts was also written by Luke. This was sort of his second volume. So the, the gospel of John talks about the person and ministry of Jesus, and then the book of Acts pretty much talks about the person and work of the Holy Spirit through the community of believers. So it's appropriate we look at Acts chapter 2, and this is the day of Pentecost. This describes it, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 to start with. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together. That means all the disciples were together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So let me pause there. So right now, the disciples, they are encountering God, that the Spirit comes upon them, that as they encounter the Spirit, as the Spirit moves in that place, we see that mighty rushing wind, the flames of fire. Those are all parts of uh, what we call a theophany. That means when God shows up, we often see flames, winds, those kinds of things. So God is showing up at Pentecost, and that wind and, and all that phenomenon caused people, a crowd to gather and want to know what's going on. Right? Well, what's, what's going on here? And Peter he explains, and that's the rest of Acts chapter 2, is Peter explaining what's going on here. Now, the Feast of Pentecost was a, a Jewish feast, and so that's why people were already gathered, and then it's taken on in Christian meaning, um, even more meaning. So, Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter starts explaining what's going on, and let's go to verse 16. Peter is saying to the crowd that's gathered, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So the prophet Joel is an Old Testament prophet. He wrote centuries before this, and he said, you know, there's something that is coming, right? That, that these prophecies are going to happen. And what did the prophet Joel say? Uh, it says this, verse 17, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Stop there for a moment. So here Peter's saying, you want to know what's going on? It's the fulfillment of the prophet Joel, that as you see 
the, the, the wind and the fire and the, the prophesying in different languages of God's mighty works, what you're seeing is the evidence that God has poured out his spirit, that the last days have arrived. And then it continues in verse 19. And he's still quoting the prophet Joel. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So here now he's pointing towards the flames, right? And, and that phenomenon and saying, yeah, see, this is evidence that the last days are here. You might not think about that. Oftentimes we talk about, are we in the last days? Yes, we've actually been in the last days since the day of Pentecost in terms of strictly reading the Bible and that those last days will end when Jesus returns. But with a spirit being poured out, that's a sign of the last days. And that's what Peter is saying in that call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. And what he's done here is saying, you know, the Lord is, is not the Lord Yahweh, it's Lord Jesus. That Jesus' death and his resurrection have brought forgiveness of sins and cleansing so that God can come and inhabit his people in the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's incredible. Now, the, in the Old Testament, people were accustomed to the Holy Spirit of God moving on kings and prophets. But the prophet Joel says, hey, a day is coming, the last days when the Spirit will move on all flesh, when your sons and your daughters, old men, young men, uh, men and women servants, they'll all be filled with the Spirit and, and prophesy and be a part of God's work in the last days. And that's the amazing promise and truth that Pentecost says is happening. And it's happening because of what Jesus did. That's why Peter, in verse 32, he basically says, pouring out, this pouring out of the Spirit is all made possible because of what Jesus has done. Verse 32, he says, this Jesus, because he's talked about Jesus for a while, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Peter says that Jesus made it possible, that we were witnesses to his death, his resurrection. Now he's at God's right hand, so he is able to pour out the Spirit. So he is the, the day of the Lord is the day of Jesus. Jesus is risen from the dead. He's at God's right hand. He's pouring out the Spirit. So believe on the Lord Jesus. You will be saved. You will receive the Spirit. That's, G, that's Peter's message of Pentecost. And it's our message today. Our message today, because we can, it's, the Pentecost was not just a day 2,000 years ago. It was nice for them. It was, no, the ushering in of the last days, so that even today, the Lord pours out his spirit upon all those who call upon the name of the Lord. And in verse 4, when it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, in, in Acts chapter 2, that fulfilled not only the prophecies of Joel, but the prophecies of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and it even fulfilled Jesus' words. Because Jesus, remember in, in, in John, what did Jesus say? I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to my Father, and then I will give you the Spirit. So Acts chapter 2 fulfills the Old Testament prophets. It fulfills Jesus' promises. And then we see these visible signs because, again, God, they are encountering God. 
And so what does that mean? Because we've been going through this series, Encountering Jesus, talking about encountering God, but what do we even mean by that? Well, let's look at the scriptures. Let's look at this passage. What, how did these people experience an encounter with the Spirit? Well, for one, we see flames and wind, right? We see this miraculous when God shows up, nature is disturbed by its creator. So there's miraculous things that go on. But we also see that this filling of the Spirit, it fills people. It fills the disciples with the Spirit, and then they have power to speak in other languages. They have, and then Peter is empowered to speak the Word of God, and it moves people. People encounter God, encounter Spirit through the words, and it's a double encounter. So not only is Peter filled with the Spirit, and all of those disciples are encountering Christ and encountering the Spirit and the Father in that moment, as they are filled with His power and His presence, But who else is encountering? The crowd. The crowd is encountering God. They may not understand it. They may not know how to interpret it, but they are encountering God in the words of Peter, the spirit-empowered preaching of Peter. They are encountering the spirit. And then from there, verse 11, it says, in their own languages, this is what the the people here, that, that in their own languages, people are proclaiming the mighty deeds of God in verse 11. And then from there, that's like the first fruits because then by the, the power of the Spirit, that promise of Pentecost goes from Jerusalem and that small group of disciples and then it goes to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As people are empowered by the Spirit, encountering the Spirit, they speak that message of Christ, and then the Samaritans encounter Jesus, the Gentiles encounter the Spirit, and that encounter with God, just like Joel said, is going throughout the world, even today. It's going throughout the world so that it even comes to South Hadley, Massachusetts in 2021. And it keeps going because we are in the last days, the days of the Spirit and salvation, if we call on the name of the Lord. We see here that Peter, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? He immediately begins to share the message by explaining this event that it, it's again, signals that this is just the beginning of a worldwide salvation and a worldwide availability and encounter with the Spirit of God. He says at the, towards the end, He says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then he further explains in verse 38, it says, you know, uh, the people say to Peter, all right, what what shall we do then? All right, we believe you. At least some of them are like, okay, these are the last days. Jesus has uh, risen from the dead and he's pouring out this spirit and we can encounter God. What must we do to be saved? And Jesus says, well, believe on the name of Lord Jesus and you will receive forgiveness of sins and you'll receive the spirit. So that same thing you're seeing going on, it's available to you because that's what it's meant to. It's meant to spread. The encounter with God is meant to go global, and it is. And in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people, it says, responded to Peter's spirit-empowered preaching. They are baptized, and they receive the spirit themselves. So think about that. Those 3,000 people encountered God through the Spirit-inspired message of God, 
given through Peter. And again, from this point on in Acts, the spirit and the gospel go throughout the world. But again, the the day of Pentecost, it's not just for 2,000 years ago. It's for today. It continues today. So the age of the spirit and salvation, it continues. And I want you to notice an important truth in this. Again, theology affects practice, or at least should affect practice. What we believe should really issue in what we then do. That this Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the encounter with God, how did it happen? It happened in and through people. People. That the the church is the people. The, The Spirit is found in people. How do you encounter Jesus? How do you encounter the Spirit? You're most likely going to do it I mean, God can, he can visit you all by yourself, but he's most likely you're going to encounter that through a person. The church is the people. The promises of Pentecost are not connected to a building, but to a people. And if, you know, there's, there's one thing that I think, there's many things, but there's one thing that I think this pandemic has been trying, God's been trying to show us through that, and that's this truth that the church is the people, is the people. And so if we are focused on the place, then we very well could be missing an encounter with the Spirit by the person sitting next to us. Or that call at, at four in the afternoon on Thursday, you're praying and saying, God, I'm feeling discouraged. Would you just send me some encouragement? And then someone gives you a call and says, I've just given you a call because I want to encourage you. That's an encounter with the Spirit through the people of God. So many times we miss out on that dynamic encounter of the Spirit, of encounter with Christ, because we don't understand that when God shows up, one of the promises of Pentecost is he's often going to show up through the body of believers, through people. And that is a wonderful privilege, is it not? That, so some folks are saying, All right, well, what does that look like to encounter Jesus? Yes, there can be, you know, encounter the Spirit. There can be flames and there can be wind and there can be miracles. But often the Spirit shows up in someone's life through, again, another person who's been filled with the Spirit who comes and gives a word of encouragement, or the message. That's, again, those 3,000 people who came to Christ through Peter's preaching, they came through Peter's preaching, right? Through Peter, that they experienced the Spirit as Peter experienced the Spirit, and their lives were changed. And the Spirit, he gives various gifts to people. So that, yes, You know, preaching is a spiritual gift and teaching and workings of miracles and all the things we see in the book of Acts. And those things kind of draw our attention. So that, you know, later in the book of Acts, uh, Peter and the Apostle Paul, they're empowered by the Spirit. They heal some people. And so we're drawn to that, and we should be. But let's not forget that later in the book of Acts, chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they're thrown in prison. And do you remember what they do? They sing. (laughs) They sing praises to God. Why? Because they're encountering God. 
wait, wait, wait. You mean God can show up in, in the middle of a prison? Yeah, if there's the people of God, God can show up and his spirit, you can encounter that. And so now, yeah, they're, they're encountering the spirit of God so they're able to sing in, in, and endure. So that what does the encounter with spirit look like in that moment? It looks like they're encountering the spirit and the spirit's giving them a supernatural um, experience of, the, of his presence so that they can sing even when they've got shackles on, even when they're starving and uncomfortable in that jail. But the, the spirit gives many different gifts for the life of the church. Uh, so let's look at 1 Corinthians 12 quickly. This is our last scripture we're going to look at. Just not the whole chapter, but all of 1 Corinthians 12 really lays out lots of the gifts of the Spirit. But verse 4 says this. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And then verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I want you to notice a couple things in that scripture. First of all, that the Spirit gives the gifts that he wants, right? For the common good, for the building up of the body. So when the Spirit manifests himself in you, it's not just for you, it's to give away. It's, it's the Spirit so that others will experience the, the, and encounter Christ through you in the working of his gifts. And then the other point, which I just said, is that these gifts are a manifestation of the Spirit. That's a fancy word for an encounter, <laughs> Right? That these gifts are an encounter with the Spirit. And so the Spirit can be encountered through the gifts of the body. And then later this passage goes on to list other gifts like word of knowledge, uh, prophecy, wisdom, discernment, many other things. But the same Spirit that took this uneducated fisherman, Peter, and used him to sway crowds and cause crowds to experience the Holy Spirit of God will empower you to do things both great and small for God's glory and the building up of his people. And when you're using the gifts that the Spirit gives you, you're encountering God, and so is that person that you're serving. So again, let's wrap this up. So how do we take God up on his promises of Pentecost? How do we encounter God, right? That's what this whole sermon series is, has been about and will be. How do we encounter? What, what, how do we do that? Well, in Pentecost, we first and foremost see, call on the name of the Lord Jesus, that this is the spirit of Christ. He's, poor, he's been made Lord because of his resurrection, and he's the one who pours out the spirit. So Peter says to him, you want to be saved? Then call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Believe in the name of the Lord. And that's not just one time. The, the disciples, they had already trusted in the risen Christ. They met him. But you know where they were right before Pentecost? They were all gathered together intensely praying. They were intensely calling on the name of the Lord. And then they encountered the Spirit in a new, tangible, powerful way, in that wind and fire. But it's when we call on him, we might not see the wind, we might not see the fire, but we'll feel his presence in an unmistakable way will see the evidence of his presence in things seen and unseen. Miracles and blessings, yes, but also sometimes through conviction and through that repentance that we're just drawn to. 
but we must call on the name of the Lord. The other thing we see is if we want to encounter, Jesus, encounter Christ uh, through the Spirit, not only do we call on the name of the Lord, but we also encounter Christ in his word. Right? That the Spirit-empowered word of God would, went throughout the world so that the Spirit would then fill people and be able to be encountered. And as P Peter, again, he was preaching the word of God, the people were, empower, were, were encountering God in the Spirit-inspired word. So I know for me, in November of 1992, I was presented with this message of Jesus, and it was so intense, and it was an irresistible pull, first and foremost, by the words of that preacher talking about Jesus, but then it was with a deacon in a back room who's just showing me some scriptures through the Gospel of John. And so, yeah, I did not see a, a flames or, or experience any wind, but there was that irresistible and unmistakable pull of the Spirit through the Word of God. So we encounter Christ in His Word. So, again, you might be saying, yeah, Pastor, I really want to encounter God. Everyone would love to encounter God. Well, then I say, well, then call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, okay, well, I've kind of done that. All right, well, get in His Word. If you want to encounter Christ, get in the word because through the, the preaching of the word, through the message of the gospel, people encounter Christ. But, but I want the winds, I want the flame. Well, the, the winds and the flame, they are from the spirit. The spirit is what we want and need. The flames, the, the wind, that's just, that's just a little extra for them, Right? But you're, you're almost focused, if, if you're wanting the winds and flame, you're, you're not wanting what the real deal and the good thing is, and that is the spirit, the encounter of God himself. But yes, if he sends the flame and wind, that's great. But then the other thing is, well, get in fellowship and use your gifts. People are the temple of God. The spirit manifests himself in the temple. And when you use your gift, again, both you and the person you're serving is encountering Christ. Again, I use that example already because it's, it's happened in so many churches that it just almost becomes a trope in that, yes, yeah, so many times I've heard people say, I was praying to God and I was at my wit's end. I was depressed. There was an experience several years ago. I had, I had a person pray out to God, you know, he depressed, thinking of taking his life and didn't really know Christ that well, but he called out to Jesus and right at that moment, the Lord put in my heart, you know what, you should text this guy, I'm not going to say his name. And this guy was blown away. He's like, wait a minute. You, how, did, how did you know to contact me? You see, that when we use our gifts, that is us experiencing the Spirit and others experiencing the Spirit. So again, many say, well, how do I encounter the Spirit? Well, are you calling on the name of the Lord Jesus? Are you in the Word? And are you using your gifts to serve one another? Because that's how we can encounter the Spirit. Some of you might be thinking, well, okay, um, all right, but what does it look like? How does it feel? Well, there's so many various manifestations and, and encounters in the, in the Bible. We don't want to put God in a box. I mean, there are miraculous phenomena. Right? There is wind. There is fire. There's miracles. But some spiritual manifestations, again, aren't, all that incredible, right? Dreams and visions. Some of you receive dreams and visions. No one else would know the difference, but you know. 
Sometimes it's God speaking to your heart in such a way that you're like, wait, wait, this isn't just coming from my mind. Like, God's trying to tell me something. For me, it's when there's all sorts of stuff floating in the air, not like literal stuff, but in my mind, right? And all these thoughts, and all of a sudden, they all come together. And I'm like, yes, yes. Now, that's just me, but many of you, again, are are different. There's a subjective sense to this, but through maturity, through accountability, as you experience the Spirit more, you start to be able to discern, no, that was just me and my crazy thought, and no, that that was a work of the Spirit. Again, it is is somewhat subjective, but yet if God is pouring himself into people, subjects, you'd expect there to be some subjectivity to it, would you not? (laughs) Right? There's not a formula. There's a relationship going on. And because of that, again, we should be ready to encounter spirit in these various ways. And so sometimes, again, it looks like You're talking with somebody else. Maybe after the service today, you're talking with somebody and you get that guidance that you've been praying for, right? Because you should ask God for guidance. You're praying, God, give me guidance. And you're talking with a friend at church and all of a sudden they give you this suggestion you hadn't even thought of. That's an encounter with the Spirit. That's an encounter with the Spirit. You've been praying and that person is speaking to you a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. And we will receive it as such. Or again, maybe as you hear the word of God preached or you're reading the scriptures at home and you're overcome with this sense of conviction that I need to get right with God, I need to make God number one in my life, and then you make that decision. That's not just you making the decision. That's this Holy Spirit moving you. That's encountering the Spirit. Or maybe, again, it's someone has a need and you meet that need. We should expect the moving encounters of the Spirit to be as different as the people sitting in this room because how does the Spirit often manifest himself? Through people. (laughs) Through people. And he will use your gifts, your experiences, all of that to work in you and through you. But all of those things that I talked about are springing from an encounter with the Spirit. So Pentecost was meant to continue, to continue encounters with God. And it's not just for kings and prophets like the Old Testament. It's for men servants, women servants, for old people, for young people. As we call on the name of the Lord, as we, as we pay attention to his word, as we encounter other people, God works and we encounter him. So God wants to work in you and through you to the world. So call on his name, get in the word, Word. get in fellowship, use your gifts, and then expect to encounter Christ. Expect to encounter the Spirit. Will you do that today? Will you say, all right, I'm going to put my theology in practice. I believe Pentecost was real. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Call on his name and then see how he works in you and through you. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that this gift, this promise is for all people, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
So I pray right now, Lord, those who are gathered here in person and those online, we would be calling out to you, God. Lord Jesus, we would say, I believe in you, that I believe you've risen from the dead and you're forgiven my sins through your sacrifice. And Lord, I know that if anyone has made that choice for the first time right now, Lord, that it's because your spirit has moved in them. Lord, I pray that they would recognize that encounter. But Lord, we repent. We repent of so many times not seeing what you're doing, not encountering you when you send one of your people before us. Lord, we confess and repent of not stepping out and using our gifts because you wanted to give us the blessing of working through us, of manifesting your spirit in us and then through us. Lord, today, may we all make that commitment. Lord, that commitment to encounter you. And so we pray, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit now. And Lord, we know that when we're filled with your spirit, we can't just keep you to ourselves. That we want to share the spirit with others. We want to share you with others whether that's a word of encouragement, word of prophecy, whatever, Lord. Do your mighty work in us. We thank you for Pentecost. We thank you what it means for us. And may we step into that truth now. In Jesus' name, amen.